guys and girls, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Extended Bench Podcast. My name's Christian, and as always, I've got my mate Matt on the other side of the desk. How are you doing today, bud? Not too bad. Yourself? Oh, pretty good. JLT's over, so only mm-hmm. a week and a bit away until the actual season starts. I'm excited. Week and a half. Very exciting. I can't Also, wait. our keeper top-up draft is done, so <laughs> the pressure is gone. We don't have to keep things secret anymore. Well, we didn't keep things secret, did we? We just... Uh, we didn't. We, we neg- were you keeping things secret? Not, not much. There we go, because we're, we're just trying to uh, stay on top of a couple of things, and we didn't want to give too much away in terms of our keepers, but uh, sneak a little heads up. We may have a little bit more information for you later on in the podcast when it comes to that, but what we want to do for now is, as we do every week, dive right into the games, because there was a whole week of JLT to get through, and there's a lot of fantasy relevance there. So yeah, we'll try and go through this reasonably quickly, but uh, strap yourselves in, it may be a long one. There is every chance that we're going to delve into this and spend way too long again, because it was pretty exciting. I, I honestly can't wait for the season proper to start up. So first game of the JLT round two, we're looking at Richmond versus North, and we're saying we're excited, but I kind of wanted to turn this game off halfway through. <laughs> yeah... <laughs> Um, I actually think I did turn it off halfway through. Oh, did you? It really, really turned into a massacre, and some of the fantasy relevance we're talking about here, just it, it didn't seem to catch my attention. Um, top scorer for Richmond, we had uh, Toby Nankervis, and uh, look, I, I rate Toby. He's a, yeah. he's a very good draft player, but you're not looking at him in your salary cap teams. No, you're not. I, I do like Nank. I think we probably all know from last year what he's going to do in um, draft. Um, it was good to see him get out on the field and get a bit of practice after he copped the, uh, the knock the week before. So. Yeah, that's true. So uh, draft leagues where it goes a little bit deeper, I really do like Toby Nankervis as your consistent performer. Yeah. Um, so what that you can Solid. pick up a little bit later. Um, Kane Lambert. Now, he's one that's actually interested me all preseason. Yeah, um, I've been in two minds on him all preseason, to be honest. Really? Yeah, well, 85 average last year. As a pure forward, mm. he's put up a couple of big scores, uh, 107 this week. Jeez, uh, do you take a punt on him sort of mid-rounds? Because he could be, you know... We're talking draft here? Yeah, draft, of course. Like, yeah. He's not worth it at salary cap level because he's priced at what I think he's going to score. Agreed. So he's not going upwards, and I don't think he'll be a top six forward, but could he be a top you know, 15 forward, a top 12 forward? Considering the forward options we've got this year, mm. very, very likely. Yeah, so. um, my issue with Lambert is I'm not sure exactly where he sits <coughs> in the Tigers team structure. Yeah. So he had a great year last year, probably his career best to date. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if he's able to build on it. I'm not sure if he just stays steady. Mm. I'm not sure if some of those other younger guys coming through take his spot and push him down the pecking order a bit because he really needed that breakdown of half forward and a few minutes through the mid to score the way he did. Yeah, well, I'm I mean, not sold. It's, he's going to be able to replicate it. He's padded that out with four goals. I know sometimes we're, we're in two minds when it comes to the padding of goals because you have to play really well to get those four goals, but at the same time, you, you don't think he's going you, to do that. You take week. those four goals off him, and he's, I mean, he scores, that's an 80, yeah. which is good. It's, uh, for a forward in a draft league, that's still pretty solid. You'd be happy with that. Um, your midfielders should be accumulating most of your points. I, look, I think you definitely <clears> draft him <throat> mid-round because... To start the year off with, because he's going to be solid. Yeah, I'm just not sure if he'll finish the year the way he starts it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jaden Short, he's another big score, but he's one of those rotating Richmond forwards that one week he might do incredibly well, and for the next four weeks he might do absolutely terribly. So I, I don't have too much faith in the Richmond small forwards when it comes to consistency. Case in point, Shy Bolton, Dan Butler, Jason Castagna, which are the other three pressure forwards, scored yep. 54, 54, and 53. Yeah, it's tough, isn't it? So you'd think probably one or two of them will do well each week. Mm-hmm. The 
question is which one. Well, we'll be bringing back one of our favourite segments from last year as of next week, which is Risk It for the Biscuit, a segment which I won for the <clears throat> for the entire year. We'll, we'll let you know a little bit more about that next week, but this is where that segment comes in really handy because yes. we're, we try and pick the... Uh, the player who's going to go big for one particular week that you can grab off your waiver wires in draft leagues. So uh, a lot of fun to be had there. Uh, moving on, though, some of the other players who did well, you know, Josh Caddy, pretty consistent scorer. That's normally. probably what I'd be expecting mm-hmm. from him. Yeah, mid-round draft pick, somewhere around about there. Floston is one that you're very interested in. I like Floston. Yeah. Um, I think he's always had fantasy potential. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like the way he plays the game, but he's never really strung together consistent games. Last year, towards the end of last year, that started to change a little bit, and he had a few good back-to-back games fantasy-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's more a gut feeling than anything else yeah. that I think he's going to be a solid fourth or fifth defender yeah. for your draft leagues. I like it. I like that. Um, skipping down a few players, Brandon Ellis is one that I've been really high on this preseason just because he's a backman. I think mean, he's got a lot of value, but he does have this odd game where he'll just do quite poorly. So um, if the ball's not in Richmond's back line enough, he doesn't see enough of it, and this was an absolute slaughter for 128-58 against the Kangas. So he didn't see yeah. much of it this game, but I would still back him in for a pretty solid year. Yep, fair enough. Out of the back line. Um, uh, Dusty Martin, you know... Uh, just, I, I don't think you really care too much about no, this game. No, I think he, he just uh, pumped around, didn't do much at all, and was happy to not get injured for the last uh, JLT game so that he can start the season proper next week. Um, who else have we got there on Richmond's side? Anyone else catch your eye? Um, Jack Graham scored yeah. 70. Um, draft guy only. You wouldn't look at him in salary cap, I don't think. I don't even know what he's priced at, but you'd think after his finish to last year, it's probably a bit high. Yeah, Jack Graham's 450k. Okay, uh, so you wouldn't yeah. look at him. No, no. Draft, though, he could be the Fiorini of last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be very, very interesting. If he can put up a solid, you know, what, what are we looking at? Maybe 85 average, something yeah. like that, for your really deep draft leagues. Yep. You don't mind that on your bench. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Um, over on the North Melbourne side of things, Sean Higgins is becoming really consistent, actually. It is preseason, though. It is preseason. He does do this in preseason. But he had a good year last year. He had a great year last year. He was but a- as a result, in ultimate footy, he is a centre only. And also, he's priced very high in your salary cap leagues as a result of that yes. too. So he's about six hundred and fifty odd k. Um, I wouldn't be looking at him in salary cap, but in your draft leagues, I don't mind him as a later pickup. So one year only. Don't look at him for keeper leagues if you're doing a top up league or a, uh, a starting keeper league this year. No. Um, if he is available for a top up keeper league, geez, especially yeah. if you're contending, definitely, definitely go up. And Go out and pick him up. Um, ben Cunnington again. He's another one who does this now and then. I know you've got big raps on like Ben Cunnington. Cunnington. I I just don't think he he scores highly consistently enough. I it's, think you might be surprised. Yeah. I would say that he's fairly safe for about a ninety odd every week. Okay. With and he'll have the odd game where he's lower than that, mm-hmm. but he'll also have the odd game where he pumps out a one hundred or one ten or something. Yeah. So. I think he's fairly safe as a depth midfielder, your sixth or seventh mid, or your um, bench emergency. Yeah, Marley Williams is another one who scored very well this game, 97. The ball was down in defence a lot, though, so there was a few uh, North Melbourne yep. defenders, like uh, Jamie McMillan as well. Uh, Robbie Tarrant scored very well, too. I don't know how <laughs> your much boy. You... Yeah, yeah, my boy, Ryan, Ryan Clark. Clark. That was, I think 76. Was, I think he was on about 25 at halftime or something. It stupid. was a great comeback for him. <clears throat> so I don't think you can read too much into that. The interesting thing for me, though, was Todd Goldstein had 65 points from 42% game time. They brought Proust on after that. He got 51 points. 
Now, correct me if I'm wrong. <coughs> Brad Scott has come out and said that he doesn't think they can play both of them. Yes, he, ha- he has come out and said that. So the fact that they played Goldie for the first half and then rested him suggests he's the number one. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's going to be starting the year. They'll probably only bring Priest in if Goldie's not performing or... I actually, I bought Todd yeah. Goldstein into my salary cap league this week instead of Scott Lysett. Yeah, um, I did that last week. I'm not sure if I can go ahead with that. I see him sitting there and go, right, yeah, this is good. If he gets back to the old Todd Goldstein, that is a masterstroke. <laughs> uh, he's cheap compared to what he can do. But at the same time, I'm not sure if he can actually live up to that. Mate, he scored 65, <clears throat> what did you say, 45% game time? 41% game time. So generally he'd be going at 90 plus. Yeah. He rarely takes a break. Mm-hmm. So he'd be going at what? That equates to 130, that's mm. probably not realistic. But he'd be he'd easily be topping 100 at that rate. I, I, I'd say so, yeah. And he did have a lot of family issues last year, which a lot of people gloss over. So definitely... I think he's a, he's a very legitimate option in salary cap. Would you prefer to spend a bit more money on him in salary cap and go in with Gorn and Goldstein, a structure like that, and just set and forget, leave the rucks for the rest of the that year? That is my current ruck structure in salary cap. Oh. I'm a big fan of set and forget in rucks because yeah. you've only got those limited number of trades... Even though you've got two every week, Mm -hmm. it's still limited if you've got a lot of issues coming up. I don't like changing my rucks or Mm -hmm. trying to find value there by starting with a rookie and upgrading them. I like to set and forget. And the only reason I would go mid-pricer in ruck is if you've got a guaranteed moneymaker. So if Nick Knapp was fully healthy and coming into this season with a couple of JLT games under this belt, he'd be right in my squad because he'd be a guaranteed moneymaker and he'd score pretty well for you as well. But... Realistically, it's just safer to go with two set and forget Ruckman, I'd say. Um, geez, what else have we got? That's, LDU had another poor game for a JLT, which yeah, is yeah. a little bit worrying, actually. I've lost a little bit of faith uh, from the salary cap perspective. Um, he's actually out of my salary cap team. He's, uh, and I think I've replaced him as well. You know how high I am on LDU. Yeah. And he's actually gone out because there are a lot of other value midfielders out there. I mean, Angus Brayshaw tackled his way to a really good score on the mm. weekend. Yep. Um, you've got Bailey Banfield, who's another Frio player. Who apparently is playing round one. definitely playing round one. I mean, I don't think Ross Lyon would outright lie like that, but I... <laughs> we say that, but we, I don't think so either. No. Yeah, LDU, I'm not sold that... He's going to score enough to make money quickly, particularly with his inflated rookie price. Yeah, so, yeah. that's what um, worries me. Yeah, I've lost a bit of faith that he's not starting in my salary cap yeah. at the moment. Well, I think that's all the North Melbourne players I want to talk about for the day. So we'll move on to the second game, which was uh, Melbourne-St. Kilda. Uh, much more fantasy-relevant This game. was a really good game to watch as well, actually. It um, was, actually. I really enjoyed this Demons, one. Uh, Demons came away with it in the end, 119 to 93. Uh, Maxi Gorn, lock and load. Just, just lock and load on Max That's Gorn. simple, yeah. Um, just, ju- well, actually, no. Just before we move on, I was just talking to you as we walked into the studio, actually, mm-hmm. about where you take Max Gorn in a, a draft league. <clears throat> so, uh, like a redraft yes. league. Where would you take him? And I, for me... <laughs> I would take him early on as long as you've got captains turned off. So yep. if your captains are turned on, we've said it before, you really want to take a, a top-line midfielder who's yes. your guaranteed captain every week. Perma captain. But at the same time, if you have a pick around pick 14 or something like that in a 14-team league, yeah. even if captains are turned on, I don't mind the idea Particularly of going Particularly if it's a snake ladder. Yeah, exactly. So if you go Max Gorn with one of those two picks, um, I, I have no issue with that. Well, 
put it in to put it in perspective, um, our redraft league we don't have captains on. Yep, captains switched off. Last year I had pick number one. I took Max Gorn with pick number one, and it's worth it was worth it up until he tore his hand. Yeah, yeah, it was it was worth it uh, from the uh, where we were in the preseason, and he is a an absolute game changer and, as a rock. And the other good thing was because I took Max Gorn with number one. Mm-hmm. I think the person in number two took Brody Grundy. We yeah. started a ruck roll. You did, and <laughs> like. Seven of the first ten picks were Rockman, it was which insane. was amazing. It was insane. I can't remember. I don't think that will happen this year. No, I, I wouldn't have thought so because you've really only got Max Gorn, Cruiser, and Grundy who are anywhere near that top ranking, and I wouldn't take Cruiser or Grundy with a round one or, you know, having maybe, said maybe that a late though, round two pick. If you go Gorn early, mm-hmm. you might start a bit of a roll, and it might open up some other guys for you later on. That's true. I, I have no issue doing that. There's, uh, I mean, we've heard about one particular podcast out there. Uh, I won't mention exactly which one, no. but they're, they're big fans of, uh, of not picking any rucks until the very last round. It's like an unspoken rule, apparently. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I just don't believe in that. I think you should take your value for where, what your team needs, where you can get it. And if Max Gorn, who could easily average 105, 106 as a ruckman, that's, that's gold in your team. That's... Oh. My personal philosophy is that your Ruckman in draft can be a real point of difference for you. Yeah. If you've got a good Ruckman that can pump out midfielder-like scores, mm-hmm. like Gorn, like Cruiser, like Grundy, yep. then you're way ahead of someone who's just got a, a body-filling-a-position sort of Ruckman. Exactly. So I like it as a bit of a POD. Yeah, and, and also your draft mates might be your best friends in the world on any other day of the week, any other day of the year. But on draft day, they are your worst enemies and you need to plan an, an attack because they, they are going to mind game you. And I had the odd feeling that if I went in with, a, with our friends saying that nobody should pick rocks until the very last round, it would come back to bite me. Absolutely. It, anyway, we've we'll spent probably too long on gone. We'll, so move, we'll on. move on. Dom Tyson's a, a middle price uh, or a mid-range draft picker. Yep. I wouldn't be looking at him in salary cap leagues. He's had a good game today and he looked incredible, but... Yeah, Jesse Hogan's an interesting one though, um, mm. as a, um, a, a middle range sort of forward that you could pick up, because if he's on the park for the entire year, no injury concerns, he scores really well. Oh, absolutely, I really like Hogan. I think, um, yeah, I think after last year, he's going to want to come out and really um, perform mm. this year. Yep. Um, so I'm expecting big things from him this year. I think in a keeper league, if you've got him, mm-hmm. um, he's gold. Yeah, um, Angus Brayshaw, Christian Petrarca, they're both preseason hype guys that I have no issue plugging into your salary cap team or going a bit earlier on in uh, in draft because I think yeah. they're going to be very, very good this year. Yeah, what I like about Brayshaw is he didn't start the game particularly well, mm-hmm. but he built his way into it and ended up with a really good score. 89, that's solid for a defender. You're really happy with that after a poor start. Um, Clayton Oliver, don't worry about that 83. He's a better midfielder than that. Plus he had four frees against. Exactly. So he can add 12 on straight yeah. straight away. Now, I feel pretty sick with myself because I somehow ended up with uh, uh, Jakey Melksham in my uh, keeper team after the, <laughs> the weekend's draft. But I was having a look at the numbers. I was having a look at the stats, and I actually don't mind it to Mr. be honest. AFLX himself. He's he, he's had a decent preseason. He's had a good preseason. Mm-hmm. He's a forward. Um, obviously, you do not look at him in salary cap. That is a waste of time. Yeah. But with one of your last picks in a draft in a, a draft league, or one of your later picks in a keeper top up league, I don't mind that at all because he could easily go at an average of about seventy eight to eighty. As a forward. Yeah, I'm always hesitant to predict <coughs> averages because I'm not very good at it. But um, I do like him as a late-round speculative pick mm-hmm. um, in your drafts. 
I think there's a bit of upside there. Uh, he's a talented player. I'm just not 100% sold that yeah. he's going to be consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone else there that you want to talk about? Hibbard had a poor game, but uh, he's a better player than that. He's going to bounce back. Yeah, I think this is just him getting himself ready for round one. Um, and he started really well and then slowed down. Maybe, own... maybe Fritch was a, was another one that yes. didn't do quite as well, but I think he's still got a spot in round one locked up. I suspect so. The only other guy that I want to point out has had quite a good preseason mm-hmm. um, is Corey Maynard. Yeah, Corey Now, Maynard. he is not best 22, but at some point this year he will break in for games, mm-hmm. and when he does, I think he will score well. He's a really big body midfielder, isn't he? So uh, yeah. he likes to tackle. Yeah, My... He's aggressive and he's part of the contest. My worry is that he performed well in this JLT game, but Viney wasn't playing. That's my concern. So when Viney comes back in, that's almost a like-for-like, big-bodied, inside, tough midfielder. Exactly. So I'm worried that he doesn't play. Exactly. That's why I say he's not best 22 now. But at some point this year, when injuries hit, he will come in. He could be the Hugh Goddard of this year. Yeah. Hugh yeah. Goddard? Hugh Greenwood. Hugh Greenwood. I was Hugh, Green. say, Hugh Goddard has Hugh Goddard yet. of this year. He's never playing again. I'd love Hugh Goddard to step in because he's rock bottom priced and yeah. he actually has some fantasy chops. Yeah. So. No, the Hugh Greenwood of... I don't even know if his first name's Hugh. Is Hugh, it? Hugh. Yeah, you Hugh got Greenwood. Right. Yeah, Hugh Greenwood. Um, Hugh Greenwood of this year. On the Saints side of things, who Goddard hopefully at some point will get up and play for, he'd be hopefully, a, yeah. a really handy mid-year pickup in salary caps. It'd be um, nice to see him actually get a game. Yeah, well. it would. Um, Shane Savage, he's been terrific all preseason. He's... My worry is he is a preseason guy. He's done this several times. He's mm. dominated um, JLBs and NAB Cups. Um, I'm not sure how he slots in, but if he can keep the scoring up like he did at the end of last year, he'll be a very solid I think defender. We boy. spoke about this last week with Savage, Roberton, Cofield, a couple of other guys rebounding from halfback for the Saints. They've got a lot of options there, so I tend to agree with you. I'm not 100% sure what his role is. But he does seem to be one of the designated go-to guys for rebounding. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm personally a big fan of him. I know you are as well. You took him quite high in our initial keeper draft. Oh, so. no, don't get me wrong. I'm a big fan, but he's burnt me a couple of times. Like, actually separate times. I've dropped him from our original keeper draft. I drafted him back into my team, and he burnt me again and dropped him once <laughs> more. So it, it really hurts when a player does that a couple of times to you. But Yeah, no, I like him. I, I wouldn't have any issue with going up to him in drafts. Yeah, Jack Steele, great game. I... Um, I worry about Jack Steele because there's a, a lot of good midfielders in St Kilda's team, a lot of young midfielders, and there's only so much of the ball. So he went nuts scoring in this game after Jack Stephen left yep. the ground. Rolled his ankle in the ankle third quarter. Mm-hmm. So 109 is great, yep. um, but a lot of that would have come <coughs> from the ball that he got while he was filling those midfield rotations. Yep. Plus he had 11 tackles, definitely, which is amazing yeah, that, in that a preseason game. Uh, you know, you've got Blake Akers there, who's a really good sort of young pickup in draft leagues later on. I think he's going to be like pretty him. good. Like um, Seb Ross as well. He was terrific last year. Great Jack Stephen was, I think, was he called a crybaby by the coach? <laughs> after, he was, yeah. After I think he was. Coming off that the field. Funny. So he'll be fine for round one. I don't think we have to worry there. Uh, Roberton, better game than last week. So mm-hmm. that that's a big thing because Roberton realistically should be one of the top scoring Defenders at the end of the year. Yeah, I like the fact that Savage and Roberton both scored well. Yes. Because you think those are the two go-to rebounders. I would have thought so, yeah. But the other one uh, was is Nick Caulfield. Um, mm. And he's, I mean, we've got massive wraps on this young kid. Um, yeah, it hurts a bit to talk about him after yeah. you uh, sniped him from me in our top-up it, draft. It's not so much sniping as I heard you talking about him once and then I picked him up as a result, so... Two years in a row. <laughs> Taranto and now Cofield. I'm yeah. never trusting you with my thoughts ever <laughs> right. again. Well, 
We'll, uh, we'll get away from that personal business because you will yell at me all podcast if that's the case. But in all seriousness, he's, he's a great, great player. Very high reps on him. Um, I think I've currently got him in my salary cap team. I do because um, he's cheap um, and he's. I think he'll be playing round one and I think he'll be consistently scoring as well. Even if it's yeah. only a 65, that's a good heartbeat in your defense. Yeah. yeah. And you will probably play a 65 uh, scoring rookie on your I'm field. I'm sure as well. he's on my field at the moment. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, Obviously, go after him in keepers. Great. Um, redraft, yeah, not, not 100% sold. Not, not really, no. He, he doesn't play enough games this year to be a redraft player for me. Um, yeah. I'd prefer to pick up someone, even like a, geez, what were you got like um, Sinclair, someone like that um, would be above above him for me in terms of game time. Yeah. Uh, is Jack Noon's a defender? No, he's not anymore, is he? He's in ultimate. He is in ultimate. Oh, no, he's not. Nice. No, yeah, I think he got it stripped away from him, didn't he? I'm, oh, I'm not that's, sure. I'll that's check. interesting. Yeah, that, that'd, be, check. that'd be interesting to check. So I don't I, because they do have a lot of rebounding defenders. Uh, I don't think he plays all year. So not for a redraft keepers though. Go after him hard because he is a great young player. Yep. Do you want to talk about Armitage? Yes. Yeah. So Jack Nunes is a back in Ultimate Footy. All right. So go hard on Jack Nunes then. There you go. Um, David Armitage had another good game. He is a forward. I I really do like David Armitage this year. So. Yeah. Um, if he can consistently score somewhere around about 80, 80 to 85, he has the ability to go even higher than that mm-hmm. as well if he's playing pure midfield minutes, but I yeah. think they play him more forward. Yeah, so salary cap, would you be going with him? He's going to be pretty underpriced. 460-ish. He can no. score a lot higher than that. No, I think because I'm pretty sure Petrarca is around about 500, 510. Mm-hmm. So, so I probably, better options, you reckon? Yeah, there's better options around there. But as a sneaky sleeper pick in draft leagues, I don't mind Dave Armitage. Oh, I love it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, same goes for Luke Dunstan as well, I actually. He'll say, fall. The only other guy I want to talk about from the Saints is Luke Dunstan. Mm-hmm. I've been very unimpressed with his preseason. Yeah, so have I. He's, he hasn't had a great preseason, but I, I always say take a look at the JLT, take a look at the preseason, but just take it with a grain of salt because mm. it's not always how it works out. I mean, you've got to look at the role that they will be playing in the side in the season if they're uh, taking over or if they're coming back from injuries, all these sorts of things. So, I mean, you know, even Jack Redden on the weekend had a really poor game. I think all of the Eagles did, to I don't be honest. think they really cared about that game. No, no, no. But uh, at the same point, you know, you still think that sort of player is going to be scoring well with the role that he's come into. You'd think so. And at the back end of last year. So Luke Dunstan, for me, still does really well this year. Um, the other thing is do not pick Hunter Clark in your salary <laughs> captain. Do no. not pick Hunter Clark. He's, um, he's not going to do a lot this year. He will show glimpses that will get people really excited. Mm-hmm. The commentators already love him. Yeah, um, He's a keeper gun, I reckon, but not redraft, not salary cap. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we'll move on to the next game. So Sydney GWS, uh, Battle for the Bridge. Uh, well, the, uh, the whatever you call it in the preseason, there were a lot of derbies happening. Yeah. Um, so Sydney had a lot of big scoring players. I mean, Luke Parker's really hit form. He is looking good. Mm. Um, yes. I... And particularly with Hanbury probably either missing games or not being at full strength at the start of the year. Yeah. Parker's not going to be playing as much in the forward line as he was last year. So I think he's a good option for yeah, he's had the year. Full preseason as well. He didn't have that last year. And because so. he had a up and down last year, he's probably a bit mm-hmm. underpriced. In, well, he, um, he, in fact, he was one of those um, sub 700. Yeah, six hundred ninety-three k. Yeah, so he's actually snuck his way onto my uh, my keeper, uh, my salary cap team. Nice, nice. Um, just because I mean he's he's performing so well. He could easily at the start of the year for a while at least average around about one hundred and ten. 
Yeah, easily. I can see that. Um, Nick Newman, great game, but he's a draft pickup only. Yeah, too and expensive. He won't do this yeah, exactly. Um, Cunningham uh, also not going to do this. Yeah, very exactly. Often. But Lance Franklin is the one we said this last week. Just you know, if you want to start off with one of the guys that's definitely going to be in the top six at the end of the year in your forward line, yeah. Lance Franklin is. Probably. And uh, you wouldn't think his price is going to fluctuate a lot. No, no. If you're looking at you know uh, going a little bit cheaper than Jack Billings, Lance Franklin is the way to go there because yep. he he's probably the second or third highest forward at the end of the year for me. Yeah, I can see that happening. Yeah, um, uh, JJK or JPK actually. No, he's. Uh, Really solid game from him. He'll build his way into He's the He's always a slow starter, so exactly. 89's actually quite good for him mm. at this time of the year. Yeah. George Hewitt, under-rated, um, but good draft pickup for me. Uh, yeah, I'm really high on him as a draft guy. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to have a good year. I think this is his third year actually playing seniors. I think he's had a couple of years on the rookie list as well, so he's he's built his body up and he's ready to have his third year breakout as a um, senior listed player. Yeah. Isaac Henney was a little bit down, but for me, he's still that really that big breakout player in the uh, the mm. forward line. I think he's one that's going to be uh, vying off with uh, Billings for the top spot in the forward line. Yep, yep. I really like Henney this year. He's got a lot to, to give, and I think with Hanabry out, he's probably going to get a few midfield minutes starting the yeah, yeah. Def- definitely. Um, anyone else that you see? I mean, Callum Mills. We mentioned last week there was a question from a listener um, saying mm. that this could be his breakout year, being his third year. I, I don't disagree with it, um, but I, I just think that for around about that price, there's probably better options. Like an Angus Brayshaw for me is around about that price. Yeah. Um, he might actually be a little bit cheaper, Angus Brayshaw, so I wouldn't mind going him over Callum Mills. Yeah, I salary cap leagues. not for me salary cap this year. Um, drafts, though, I think. Great, I mean, yeah, great if, if you want to take a punt on him a little earlier because you want to lock him away if you think this is going to be his breakout year, I don't mind that at all from Callum Mills. Yeah, reach for him a little if you want. Yeah, not it, too much, no, a little bit. No, he looked pretty composed, to be honest. Um, big one was Darcy Cameron for me. He had a poor game, yeah. and he was, I think he was their number one rock going into this game. And he had six hitouts. He only had six hitouts. I mean, Dean Towers had three hitouts. Yeah, so... Daniel Robinson had two hitouts. Hit I don't even know who Daniel Robinson is. No. Um, so Dawson Simpson racked up 33 hitouts compared to the entirety of the Swans team getting, what is that, 11 hitouts. Having said that, Dawson Simpson, his thing kind of is hitouts. That's true. Because he's enormous. But Darcy Cameron also didn't get around the ground. He only had the 28 points. Yeah, eight so, Yeah. Um, uh, you get him for your bench. He's cheap as chips. Mm. He's going to score to some extent. Yep. But don't put him on your field like some people were saying. Some people yeah. were saying, you know, lock away Rory Lobb or something in your forward line for the moment until he gets DPP status, play Darcy Cameron for the moment, switch him around, make some money that way. Don't do that. That's too risky. Yeah, I exactly. wouldn't be doing that. Um, Giants, uh, Lockie Whitfield. He, he's looking so good. He's looking like a bit of a lock at the moment. Well, he, and the other thing is, uh, again, with the DPP talk for... Uh, for uh, salary. salary cap leagues and he to some get, extent your draft leagues, he if will you get play. defender status. That's jeez. Uh, he could. The only reason I could see to put him in your team at the start is if you think for those first six or seven weeks he could average anywhere near what a uh, top line midfielder could. Because realistically, I don't think he's going to go too far up from what his price is. So I reckon he'll hover around about that seven hundred k, which he's only just below that now. Mm. Um. And in that case, when he becomes a defender, you can just pick him up then. 
Yeah, okay, that's a fair point. If you know what I mean. Maybe roll with Angus Brayshaw for the first six weeks and then, and then up him to Lockie Whitfield. Yeah, I don't mind that one, actually. Because I, I'm really worried about people using their midfield slot on Lockie Whitfield for the first and getting too far behind in terms of overall points. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. Because uh, I don't think he's going to go up too much. But in saying that, really, really, really good player. Um, we've uh, we've got Callum Ward. He's always a consistent scorer. Um, but, you know, the draft guy, we, we all know about Callum Ward, where he roughly sits in. Mm-hmm. Um, Stephen Keneally a little bit down. Same with Josh Kelly. But those guys are guns. I mean, yeah, once once the um, important stuff happens, they'll lift a bit. Yeah, so I, I have no issue, like... People, some people would have been jumping off Joss Kelly, uh, considering how expensive he is, but don't do that. He's, he's a star. Yeah, he'll be good. Yeah, Tim Taranto is an interesting one as a forward for later in the draft because he's going to uh, fall. Uh, he's going to be a bit of a sleeper. Yeah. But there is a spot for him in that uh, half-forward flank. Uh, oh, absolutely. Particularly with Stevie J gone. I think Tim Taranto is a pretty good um, replacement for Stevie J. He's got that, that uh, talent and X-factor and overhead yeah. marking down, so... Um, yeah, I think he's, he's a good draft guy this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Toby Green, a bit of a down game, but realistically, Toby Green's going to be one of the better forwards this year as well. Good point of difference going into yep. the start of the year. Yep. Um, I have no issue with uh, bring, having Toby Green in your salary cap league if you think he's going to perform particularly well this year. Yeah, just beware, though. He will have bad games. I started with him in salary cap last year. <laughs> <clears throat> and while he did have some really good games, he also had some... They weren't bad games. They were just like mm. 75, 70s to 80s, yeah. which with the price he's at means he loses money. And if he has too many of those in a row, mm. then you want to get rid of him and you've lost a lot of money when you do because yeah. he will turn the corner and start pumping out the hundreds again mm. at some point. Just one more hype guy was uh, Jeremy Finlayson. Uh, he's had a pretty poor game, but that's what he's going to do. I don't think his ceiling is high at all. I think he's probably going to average you around about 50 or 55 while he's uh, playing for your team as a bit of a cash cow. He's a heartbeat, he's in the defence. If you pop him on your bench, you'll be fine and you can offload him when he's topped out around about 300. And just bear in mind that Lucky Whitfield got 121, so there was only so much rebounding that could be done. Yeah, true. Uh, I want to move on to the next game, which was the Pies and the Bullies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pies won this pretty comfortably, but there was a bit of a... It, it was actually very, very even up until that last quarter. Yeah. Um, so, you know, great score by Adam Trelaw for the Pies. Um, he, he is a gun, so... I have no issue, he, and he's going to slide a little bit in drafts, not necessarily to the, um, you know, third round or anything like that, but no. he's going to slide towards the end of the first and the early second. Because you would have thought that last year he would have been early, mid, first round. Oh, yeah. He'll be late second. Yeah, maybe mid second. So I was going to say late first, yeah, mid. But you're getting second. a lot of value there. And like we were saying earlier, if you can uh, get a, um, maybe someone like Gorn and uh, Trelaw, if you're at the end of that snake pick, yeah, um, that's that's a pretty good pickup to the start off a draft. Mm. Yeah, I like it. Um, Mason Cox had a ridiculous game with 19 hitouts and four goals won. Yeah, he's not doing that every week, but he's, no. he might. You know, it's what it does mean is yeah. he's pretty much locked down that full forward role. Yeah which means that he is going to get some time in the rock. Mm-hmm. How much, we don't know. And how much of that impacts Grundy, we don't know. That's my worry. But he's locked in that team now. He yeah. is best 22. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, Mason Cox uh, could be shaping how Brody Grundy develops as a ruckman for the next few years. Mm-hmm. So watch this space because if he is taking too much rock time away from him, I mean, we said it probably wouldn't happen. You said it probably wouldn't happen. I, I did say it probably wouldn't happen, but Mason Cox has proven me wrong over this preseason. So he looks really, really good. 
Um, and so be a little bit hesitant with Brody Grundy yes, this year. Um, would be. Sam Murray, I would lock into your salary cap team on the bench in defence as well. I agree. He's what, 170k? Yeah, bottom price. Um, he scores really well. He's got a fantasy-friendly role. So if he's on the park, if he's actually named in the first round, you've got to have him in your team. Yeah, yeah. he's, he's and terrific. You, you never know because he's a Collingwood halfback flanker. And you don't so know what his job security yeah. is. I mean, what? He'll probably get dropped after a good game. Yeah. But... While he is playing, until he gets dropped, he will make you a lot of money. Oh, it's it's really interesting with the way that Collingwood actually shape their team because, um, you know, another one that they don't have playing at the moment is Matty Scharenberg, who had a terrific end to the year last year. Yeah, I thought that was strange. Um, and uh, yeah, they're playing uh, the likes of, obviously, Tom Langdon. You've got Josh Smith in the team at the moment. We've got Sam Murray. Callum Brown plays off there a little bit. So does Josh Thomas every once in a while. Jack Crisp is going through there. Um, there's just so many halfback flankers that you don't know what their best lineup actually is. Mm. Um, anyone else from uh, Collingwood catch your eye there? Because Tom Langdon's had a good preseason. Um, he's um, one to watch in draft leagues. Uh, what? Braden Maynard is someone that you've always had your eye on a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's because I had Jack Crisp in keepers for a while, and mm. Maynard looks a lot like him from behind, so I get pissed off when I got the ball I thought it was Chris <laughs> so you were just annoyed and you'd rather own both of them yeah and then I traded Chris away anyway so yeah fair enough um, no I do like Maynard I think um, the word is he's going to play more midfield time than defence mm. this year having said that that's yeah. the word on pretty much everyone during the preseason so we'll see if he does play midfield hopefully he scores a bit more mm-hmm. having said that in defence he did have a good month or two last year where he was averaging high 80s mm. um, so as a sort of draft guy, mm-hmm. a late draft guy, you never know. There might be a bit of upside there. Yeah. I've still got Jack Crisp on my salary cap team as well. He's had a poor game today, but I've, I've still got him locked in there because I think he's got a really friendly role. Yeah, well, I mean, he had a poor game, but Sam Murray went nuts. Yeah. So they, I don't think they're both going to go nuts the same week. No. Um, I think Crisp is the safer option. Murray, because he's so cheap, is going to score regardless. Yeah. He's going to go up in price regardless. Okay. So. For the bullies, somehow Jackson Trengrove was the uh, the top scorer with a, an easy 100. Um, 19 hit outs, that's yeah, why. Well, because, um, what's his name, went down injured. Yeah, true. So that's that's the reason he's scoring highly. Uh, Jordan Ruffhead, I don't think he misses out on games because he had a little bit of a groin injury. but He came back on like three times after he injured. Yeah. So that sort of indicates it might not be too, too serious. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's fine. Um, the interesting thing was that uh, Jordan Ruffhead went down and Tim English got left on the bench still. So... A yeah. lot, pretty much everyone has Tim English on their ruck bench because he's cheap and there's a chance he'll play. Mm. But that almost indicates that no, he doesn't. So yeah, I don't think I've got him on my ruck bench. Yeah, or it's only because you know you've got Darcy Cameron, who's the next cheapest chips ruckman. I mean, Max King is in there, but um, you know, even if something happened to Gorn, Cam Pedersen is there ready to step in and exactly. do that, Ma- uh, that role. Not um, I don't even know of any other bottom price ruckman that are anywhere near decent. Frantically trying to bring mine up at the moment. <laughs> Um, well, I've got Pierce from St Kilda. Lewis Pierce. I'm not sure why. No, Lewis Pierce is like a rookie as well. I think he got downgraded. So yeah, that's unfortunate yeah. for him. <laughs> that's disgraceful. Um, so you've got uh, Tom Libertore was the next best scorer, and he's one that's going to fall a little bit in drafts because he was terrible last year. But, but still keep an eye on it. He's been really good in the preseason. Yeah. So he scored well last week. Yeah. I think it was high 80s. Some, um, something around about there. Consistency. Yeah, high is the 80s, key. but I, do, I didn't think he looked great. Yeah. This week he scored well and he looked good. Mm. Um, yeah, he was hard at it. He was There was desperation. Mm-hmm. There was tackling. There was marking. There were a lot of possessions. Mm-hmm. Um, and he spent a little bit of time up forward. So yeah. he kicked a goal. 
I think he kicked two or maybe three last week. So I reckon he might have a little bit of a rebound year, yeah. Mr. Liver. Yeah, I like it. Um, uh, there's a lot of fantasy-relevant guys at the Bulldogs. I mean, uh, just a rifle through them quickly. Dalhouse there, I, I think he has a better year than last year, but... Who knows? It's really tough to say with the way the Bulldogs structure because they change it up almost weekly. I suspect Dowhouse will basically do what he did last year. Yeah, yeah, happy to say that. Um, Bont, I mean, he's a gun. Uh, uh, what he's going to do? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Lockie Hunter, we think, is going to have a bit of a better year than last year. I think yeah. he bounces back. We do. Um, Toby McLean, oh, this is an interesting one because in draft leagues he has a lot of value because yeah, this year I think he's going to be very good, but he's. Do you think he's going to go upwards from where he scored last year? I don't think he goes up by too much, if I'm being completely honest. Um, what did he finish last year? I, I think it was about 100. Oh, no. Sorry. Um, around about 85. I think he was pretty similar to um, uh, who were we talking about earlier. Um, Kane Lambert. Somewhere around yeah, about that mark. Um, um, yeah, I could see him maybe up increasing that by a few points. And no, going maybe 90. High... High 80s. High 80s. Yeah. Yeah, somewhere yeah, he finished 85.6 last year. Oh, good guess by me. Um, so, Toby McLean, uh, I'm not sure if he's worth picking up at the start of the year in salary cap in terms of he's going to go upwards in price. No, I'd say he's more a draft guy. Yeah. And particularly because I think he will be a bit inconsistent. I think he'll <laughs> probably average that high 80s to 90. Yeah. But I think that'll be with games of 70 and games mm-hmm. of 100. The only reason you start Toby McLean in your salary cap team this year is if you genuinely think that Toby McLean is one of the top six forwards at the end of the year. If you think that, mm. I've got no issue with it. That's a gamble, but if that pays off, you're you're going all the way to the bank. You're going to be well ahead of everyone else. Exactly. But if it doesn't pay off, you're going to have to trade him up, and he's not going to be exactly a mid-pricer who's going to go up a lot. So um, really tough to say. Uh, Jason Johannesson, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm really not high on Jason Johannesson this year. He gets... Yeah. As, soon as, they, a tag. Yeah, as soon as they pop a tagger on him, he just can't work through it. Um, and again, Jack McRae, he's another one of those players like Bond. Ignore that lower score. He's, he's a gun. He'll he's, be better than that. Exactly. Um, one that I do want to bring up is Hayden Crozier. So, yes, we've had our eyes on this guy all preseason um, and mm-hmm. all off-season, actually, just to sort of see if we can catch wind of what role he's going to play for the Bulldogs. I think he's got a spot in the best 22 locked up. Agreed. Yep, which means that... I mean, he is... He a, only scored 66, but he looked really good. Yeah. He's a bit of a mid-pricer in salary cap, but there's better around about that price. So for yeah. me, he's as a draft a, guy, as a draft guy, he should sneak up your rankings just a little bit. Yep, I agree. Um, because I reckon he's got a lot of value there. Um, anyone else that you like the look of from the game? Should I ask you about the Baileys, or shall we just move on? No, no, no. no. You can ask me about the Baileys if you want. So, so last uh, <laughs> week you shouted me down about Bailey Williams, and yeah. then I went, "Well, maybe I'm thinking of Bailey Dale," and there was silence. Yeah, and then we moved on. <laughs> and lo and behold. On our keeper top up on the weekend, who do you take in the third round? Bailey Dale. Bailey Dale. Well, please explain to our listeners your reasoning. Well, I because I a Bailey Dale is the one Bailey that I do like. You'll notice that I went quiet when you mentioned Bailey Dale. <laughs> um, Bailey Williams is is hard to lock down what his position is. Um, he plays a little bit off half back. He plays a little bit on the wing. He plays a little bit half forward. He's not a centre like a, an inside midfielder. Um, but Bailey Dale, I think, has got a spot on the half-forward flank locked up in the best 22 after his enter last year. Um, and as a developing young player, I think he's only about 21, I think there's upside for him in a keeper league. So hmm. if he's available in a top-up league, I don't mind you taking a punt on him at all. Particularly, you know, it, it really thins out in top-up leagues very, very quickly. It does. It so does. 
Um, if you're taking him around about the fourth, fifth round in a top-up league, I don't mind that at all. Um, yeah, did that accurately answer your Bailey questions there, mate? I'm still confused which one's which. Oh, right. They might be the same person for all I know. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure they are. All right, on to the next of the uh, the derbies. We've got the, the showdown, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, Port Adelaide played the Crows. This was another cracker of a game. Um, and a little bit of fantasy relevance here, but a lot of the high scorers are guys that I'm really, really low on at the moment. So, obviously, Justin Westhoff, he doesn't do that every week. He's consistent enough, but as a draft player, I... I've just never liked the idea of having Justin Westhoff in my side. Yeah, I've got to say, he's never really done it for me. Mm. Um, Jack Watts, uh, he's, he's had a good week this week, um, six, but he's needed six goals to get there. Yeah, see, I think that he could have a bit of value this year. Mm. Um, I have no idea what he's priced at in salary cap, so I'll talk from a draft perspective. Well, he's priced think, at 531 that's too expensive for me. He's not, a, yeah, he's yeah. not underpriced. Yeah. But from a draft perspective, I think he's got a fair bit of upside. I reckon mm. he could... Uh, uh, like I said earlier, I don't like putting averages, mm-hmm. uh, predicting averages, but I reckon he could have quite a strong role in that forward line. And yeah. if the team gels and gets a lot of ball in forward, um, with Charlie Dixon taking a lot of attention, I reckon he could score quite well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robbie Gray, uh, he's hard to pin down sometimes, but he is a forward this year, which does give him a fair bit more value. And yeah. uh, is he? do you think he's in the top six forwards at the end of the year? That, I mean, I know that's a big question without notice. Because, it depends on his role. Yeah. If he plays forward, <laughs> no. If he gets stints through the midfield, yes. Possibly, yeah. Because it's really hard to lock down who number five and number six in your top scoring forwards are going to be for this year. I mean, we've already talked about Heaney, Billings, Franklin. Um, I like Petrarca this year. Um, and there's a few others there that are roundabouts. But... It's really hard to lock down who those extra couple are going to be mm. by the end of the year. So we might have to wait and see how things play out for the first few yeah, weeks. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I don't mind in your salary cap league just locking in the guys that you know are going to be great, um, like yeah. um, barring injuries or anything yeah. going yeah, horribly Heaney, wrong. Franklin, Billings. Exactly. And, and then just waiting and seeing and then picking them up as you go. Mm-hmm. Um, Hamish Hartlett, ugh, do not pick up Hamish Hartlett. That's see, I know a lot of people really like Hartlett. It's a um, headache waiting to happen. Personally, I'm not a massive fan. You clearly aren't. No. Uh, but there are a lot of people that like him out there. If he's your guy, then go for it. Yeah. And if Port, if you've got a Port Adelaide fan in your uh, in your draft league, maybe just talk up Hamish Hartlett's game so they take him a little <laughs> bit earlier and leave someone for you. Um, and Darcy Burn jones had a good game as well, but... He shows glimpses. He has for a couple of years now, mm. but not quite the consistency. Mm. Having said that, that's what Pittard started off doing. Yeah. So you never know. He may develop into a fantasy guy. Mm. Well, Dougal Howard had a great game as well, actually. He was he finished up on about 10 marks or something like that, 96 points. Great he name was, as well. Yeah, Dougal Howard. I wonder how many Dougals are actually running around at the moment. <laughs> I suspect not many. Can't be many. Um, uh, but oh, I, I wouldn't even look at him really in draft leagues too much either, no. if I'm being honest. Um uh, Paddy Ryder, he's one of your more solid, consistent rugs. So, yeah, if you've missed out on like in yeah. drafts the uh, the Gorn Grundy uh, cruiser boat, he's mm. one of the first ones along with Jacobs that I would look yeah, to I'd pick say up. Ryder and Source <coughs> Jacobs would probably be your next two off the rank. Exactly, um, and Goldie. Mm. Oh, of course, Goldie. Like Goldie, I'd almost move up into that first rank of ruckman at the, the I, moment. I, to be honest, I would probably replace Grundy with Goldie in my yeah, ranking at the yeah, moment. I don't mind that. Yeah, putting those three up there as the top ones. Yeah, easy. Yeah, uh, we should probably go back to Port now. 
Yes, yeah, we will. Um, geez, Ollie Wines might be proving me wrong in terms of I thought it's hold my faith. My I will hold the faith, but I made my big call. I said that Ollie Wines would outscore Tom Rockliffe by the end of the year. I'm freaking out, well, man. He is so far. I'm free. <laughs> Only preseason, and Rocky hasn't played. But what will be great is when Rocky comes in and plays one game and outscores all of Wines' oh, preseason games. It, it hurts me to say, but if Rocky comes out and gets 140, oh. God, and, and especially if Wines only pulls out a 75, that, that is not going <laughs> to bode well for me. I would love that if that happened. Oh, God. Uh, we'll move on from that because I still think he's going to be great this year. Um, oh. Adelaide? Yeah, let's move on to Adelaide, actually. I don't see anyone else. I mean, the Pittard injury makes things interesting for, like, Trent McKenzie. It does, yes. Um, Trent McKenzie is even, to an extent, Hamish Hartlett because, yeah, he picks up a little bit more game. Yeah, I'd probably find it more interesting for Hartlett. Um, McKenzie has really been fantasy relevant for a few years now mm. and I think a lot of us are sort of relying on that name recognition mm-hmm. um, and the fact that he used to be good at one point I'm not sold that he's going to get enough of the ball to be good again he can kick it really far though Matt if there far. were points for me that's gained he'd be one of the better better players out there Yeah, yeah. I'll take this point in the podcast to actually apologise for what sounds like me having the plague by the way <laughs> it's, yeah I'm worried I might catch it this uh, this uh, horrible horrible illness has tagged me all pre-season so uh, if this was the AFL this podcast here I would not be good to go for round You'd one you'd be in severe doubt oh yeah so um, we'll move on to the Crows though um, Sammy Gibson this is a good game from him and I, I hope he gets a game round one yeah so do I I, really I like think Sammy he does Gibson. because Gibbs, if he's playing that uh, defensive role, mm. I I don't think he's taking points away from Sam Gibson. No. Um, you've got Sloan in there who underperformed in this game, and Gibson picked up the points. It was um, Sloan's first game of the year. Yeah, Brad Crouch is missing the start of the season as well, isn't he? I think he is. Yes. So you know who that bodes really well though for is Matt Crouch. Yes. I'm big on Matt Crouch this year. I'm starting him. There's nothing apart from injury that's going to move him out of my team at the start of. Um, going into the yeah, start of the season. I reckon he's going to have a great year. He just he can't not find the ball. Oh, he's, he's an absolute champion. I, I love the way he goes about it. Um, yeah. Darcy Fogarty. We yeah. have to talk about Fogarty. This came out of nowhere. Like, I I genuinely knew that he has talent. He's got a lot of talent, and I really like him. I This really surprised me, though. He's not worth picking up in salary cap this year. Just no. let me say that. Look, I know that he's probably going to play the first couple of rounds. Yeah. And I know that in salary cap, you have so many trades that you can afford to get rid of after the first couple of rounds, you know, when Tex Walker comes back. Yes. But this isn't going to happen. No. Though. No. And also, so, all preseason, we've been saying Cam Rayner, going to be a great talent. Um, he's going to be scoring. He's going to play forward. He's going to play mid. He's going to get the ball. going to mm-hmm. be great, but he's going to be a project player. It will take him time. Yeah. Sam goes for Darcy Dick Fogarty, but even more so because he's a tall. Yeah. Take a punt on him in the keeper league, though. If you've got the spot, hang on to him. Last player on your list. Let him just develop over the next couple of years, and he could turn into something really special for you. Yeah. But there is always the chance that because he is that tall... Mm. I can see him being Jake Stringer Mark too. Oh God! Don't don't bring up Stringer. That's no. Don't don't just don't curse him with that name. You you, <laughs> you can't stick a rookie who's just played his second JLT game. It's might even be his first JLT game it, actually. Oh no, he this is oh, he did he did too, yeah. didn't he? So no, that, that is JLT. true. I shouldn't curse him with the Stringer name. Jeez, Matt. If he okay, because I actually really like him. I reckon he's going to be a great player. I reckon he's he's got a lot of talent. He's got. He's got a good aggression. He's mm. got good presence on the yeah. field. He's tough. 
He's can kick it a long way. He's got skill. Um, he's not that tall, but you feel like he's a player you could almost build a forward line around. Yeah. It's really strange. I almost compared him to someone else, but that one's also potentially a little insulting, so I won't. Oh, God. Well, <laughs> if he actually <laughs> grows up and in a few years' time, he's, you know, growing out his hair, bleaching it blonde, tying it back into a man bun, I'm blaming you for that entirely. That is, that that's is all fair. I'm, that's fair. That's all I'm I'll blame like. myself <laughs> for having ruined this young man's life. Um, Rory Laird, 66. Uh, don't lose the faith in Rory Laird. It's like, don't look too, too much into these JLT games because he's going to be probably... He's going to be the best scoring back of the year, easily. Agreed. Um, go early on him in drafts as well, because um, there's not too many good scoring defenders out there. And a Rory yeah. Laird will average around about 100. Yeah, he was nice and safe. A lot. Yeah, Sauce Jacobs as well. He's one of the better Ruckman going around. He's very, very consistent. There's better options in salary cap, but in draft leagues, great pickup if he's your first Ruckman. 100%. No issue with that. Um, and Paul Seedsman is the other one. The man of seed. I did want to talk about him. Hmm. Um, I found his preseason a little underwhelming. Yeah, so have I, but there's that spot for uh, Brody Smith's spot. I think I, I, everyone's saying Bryce Gibbs goes yeah. into that, but I'm, I'm not 100% um, sold yeah, on that. me neither. <clears throat> I, I was expecting Seedsman would get it, and when he came in for Brody Smith late last year, I think he averaged 85 or mm. something. Um, so he he delivered a lot, but I'm just I'm not sure if he gets all of the ball that Brody Smith was. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's best 22 to start the year, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure if he's scoring enough to really make him worthwhile. No, I get that. Um, uh, the only other one before we move on to the Hawthorne-Carlton game is uh, Tim Dode, um, yep. or Doody. We, we still don't really know how to pronounce Tommy his D. name. Tommy D, the man himself. Um, he's, you know, he scored low. He was a bit handball-happy in this game. Only two kicks to ten handballs, but he's that heartbeat on your bench in defence. So. Knock him in for salary cap defence. <laughs> exactly. Um, over to Hawthorne. Um Good game. Yeah, it was a really, really good game. Good game. Uh, Blues won in the end. It's, I, I, Blues... I tell you what, the Blues have looked good this preseason. They really have, and they look like, even though they didn't score particularly well this game, they look like they're going to be a really fantasy-friendly team going forward. I reckon in the next couple of years, they're <coughs> going to be one of those teams that you look at and just go, wow, they're good scorers. Yeah. Just like Melbourne and St. Kilda are at the moment. And Collingwood. Um, Collingwood, Collingwood always are. Yeah, Collingwood just seem to be that team that always have about 10 guys who have the capability of averaging 100. Yeah. Not many other teams do that. Yeah, but I can see Colton turning into a really mm. good scoring team. Well, we'll go into Colton first then. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jacob Wiedering, he's had a massive score and a lot of people are high on him at the moment. A lot um, of plus sixes in there. Yeah, a lot of plus sixes. There is a role for him in defence. I mean, obviously, he was playing up forward for a fair bit last year. That was just through necessity. Exactly. and He's I, not a forward. Uh, particularly with, I think, Harry McKay will play a fair bit this year as, they, as that centre-half forward. They want to get games into McKay. Um, Jacob Wiedering, for me, now that uh, Sam Doherty isn't there, I don't think he quite picks up Doherty's score. Uh, so he doesn't. he's not a straight no. swap. But I still think that his scoring will go up, and I don't mind taking him later in the draft. So what I can see happening is Wietering and Marchbank sharing the mm-hmm. Doherty role and sharing the, what are they, third tall? Yeah. So one of them will play third tall, one of them will rebound, and then they'll just switch and, and mix and match it. 100% agree. And if you were to pick a player that slides into the, ro- the spot that Doherty's left in the side, for mm-hmm. me, it's Kieran Byrne. Yep, because Kieran Byrne... Looked really good with his running carry. Um, I obviously he's not an accumulator no. like um, Doherty is, but if Score he's if he's breaking the lines, you know that's what Colton want. Um, yeah. And Weedering and Marchbank can be those, and Simpson obviously yes. can be those players that are racking up the ball in the back line. 
Um, and Simpson had a good game as well. He, I think he came back, actually, after a pretty poor start, uh, which, yeah. is, which is what you want to see from your players, too. We skipped completely past Dale Thomas because Dale Thomas <laughs> is horrible to all Dream Team uh, 85 coaches. points, boosted by three goals. The plus side is he has learned how to kick at AFL level again. That's true. <clears throat> um, so Levi Casbolt had a good game, but... The reason for that is that Matthew Cruiser went down with a little bit of a niggle. Matthew Cruiser should be fine for the start of the season. Yeah, I suspect he will be. Yeah, I I don't think... It's just a slightly twisted left ankle. Um, But, you know, don't go out and go, oh, Levi Casbolt has the ability to average 75 to 80. He doesn't. Um, He's a a good player AFL-wise, and he can... As long as he can uh, fix up his goal-kicking, he'll be particularly good. He's really important to their structure and his team role and all that good AFL stuff, but fantasy-wise, pass. Exactly. Move on. Uh, Paddy Cripps, he's going to be a gun this year. Don't worry about that 75. Yep. Uh, Matthew Kennedy, though, that's another uh, average, you know, run-of-the-mill score. I'm worried. His preseason has not delivered the scores I was hoping. He's not in my team anymore. He's not in my. He was in my salary cap team before the JLT started, and he's gone right out. Yeah, I think I might have moved him on as well, to be honest. It's, um, he doesn't seem to be playing a fantasy-friendly role, to be honest. And I'm, I'll hold the faith. I think yeah. he will... Come good, it might just... I mean, he's just changed clubs. Mm. It's going to take him a while to figure out what his role in the team is. Yeah. Um, give him time. He, he'll come good, but I wouldn't be necessarily starting him in salary cap. Exactly. Um, I'm, I'm all right with that. Um, uh, anyone else you spot there? Like Cam O'Shea, he's another one that everyone picked to maybe take that Doherty spot. He's so cheap. Uh, I don't think he does. I think there's too many other players around him. He's just a depth guy. Keep an eye on the round one teams, though. And same for Paddy Dow. I... Haven't had Paddy Dow in my team all preseason. Um, a lot of people after that first JLT game did put him in there, but I I just think that he's still, while he's probably best twenty two or at least fringe, he doesn't start off scoring particularly well. And there's other midfield choices that are going to be better. He'll be the McCluggage of last year. Yeah, yeah, and he's so, a little bit lightly framed, so he'll spend a lot of time off half forward. Yeah, really talented, good burst, good delivery. Won't necessarily accumulate it. He'll have mm-hmm. odd games where he, he does get a lot of the ball and wows everyone, but yeah, just he'll be a slow burn. But he's not a, uh, a salary cap pickup this year. He's not a cash oh, cap for us. He, he might be, but just be aware he's a slow burn. Yeah. He's not a make you 100K and move him on in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. You'll be keeping him two-thirds of the season. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, uh, Tommy Mitchell for the Hawks. I mean, we, we don't even talk about him anymore. He's just too good. Yep, true. Um, Jack Gunston, I mean, he's always a pretty... Pretty decent guy to pick up towards the the back end of the middle rounds in your draft leagues as a yep. you know maybe your, your fourth forward or your third forward something yeah, like pretty that. Pretty consistent generally. Jarman Impey was really good though. Yeah, I've been impressed with Impey this preseason. Um, first time I've ever considered him from a fantasy perspective. Well, he's a forward. He plays for Hawthorne, who have generally been fantasy friendly um, mm. for a lot of their players. Uh, I mean, not in salary cap. He's four hundred three. No, no, no. He's He's just a tad too expensive. To, I mean, and Alan Christensen for me is still that really cheap mid-price uh, guy. Yep. In the forward line, but in the draft leagues, I have no issue with you going Jarman Impey with some of your later picks if he can slip. But after 104, if you're still drafting this weekend, there's a chance he goes a little bit higher to that guy who's only just watched the last couple of games of the JLT. <laughs> very true. Very true. Um, yeah, I don't really have a lot to add on it. Yeah, it's um, Daniel Howes. You know, they've got center a, only. Yeah, they've got a lot of depth in that midfield line, um, the Hawks. So uh, you've obviously got Tom Mitchell, you've got um, Daniel Howe, Isaac Smith, O'Meara. You have um, 
Shields going through there, of course. Mm, um, Smith. Smith, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of... There's only so much ball to go around, really. Um, and yeah. those guys are all mid-prices. I, I wouldn't even necessarily look at Daniel Howe until the very, very last picks of your, your draft, if you've got a deep draft. Personally, I probably wouldn't be looking at him at all. But oh, I reckon that Daniel Howe could go somewhere around about an 85 average. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just... I'm not a massive fan of Hawthorne guys from a draft perspective. I don't know why. Yeah, they're just they're they're tricky to pin down, to be honest. Yeah. Um, Jaeger Amira is that mid pricer that everyone's been paying attention to. This was a better game from him. He's building eight, eight tackles. Eight tackles is good. Yeah. Um, if he can just get those kicks and marks up a little bit, that's what we want to see. We want to see that consistency over the stat line. Yeah, just give him time. Mm, yeah, him time. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, build. Uh, James Sicily had a great start to the game. He was <laughs> amazing start, but. He really tailed off. Um, he seems to be very easy to tag. Mm. Gave away three free kicks as well, which he does do because he gets mm. really annoyed. Um, whether it's <laughs> such an angry man. He's so angry all the time. But um, And that's a little bit of a worry as well in terms of uh, possible suspensions because we know yes. he's, he's uh, uh, you know, got a little bit hard at players sometimes. Yeah, and, you uh, never know. He might just take <laughs> a swing at some point. So... Um, James Sicily, don't get me wrong, he's going to be one of the better defenders this year. And uh, in terms of he, price in salary cap, he is somewhat underpriced because I think he will go upwards. But, you know, if you're plugging him in expecting him to go up by a couple of hundred K or 150K, no, that's that's not going to happen. Yeah, I wouldn't be expecting that. No, no. Um, uh, who else have we got? Anyone else you spotted the... the... Not really, no. Yeah, no, there's a few underwhelming scores there. A lot of depth players for drafts in, drafts in uh, Hawthorne's team. Uh, obviously, yeah. they've got that really high quality in terms of Tom Mitchell. and um, mm. um, Actually, do they have too many more high-quality high, high players for drafts? As I said, Hawthorne never really excite me very much in fantasy. No, well, in terms of high qualities for drafts, um, uh, Bombers and Cats, the next game, mm. there's a lot of good players in these teams. Very interesting. Bombers yeah. just got over the line, 101 to 97. This was an awesome game. Um, we'll talk about the Bombers first. Zach Merritt is a lock and load for me. That's oh, yeah, easiest, one of the easiest picks for the, the start of the preseason, especially since just uh, before we move on to the Cats and talk mm. about Dangerfield, um, you know, now that we know that he's probably got, if he starts to the year, yes. it makes that choice between Merritt and Dangerfield that much simpler. Yeah, for me, Merritt is probably the number two guy this year. Easily. After yeah. Mitchell. Yeah, of course. You can't go past Tom Mitchell, but Zach Merritt is an absolute champion. Um, who else have we got? David Zaharakis. Yeah, yeah. There's such a massive difference between Essendon's scores. <laughs> Merritt got 116 and Zaharakis was second with 83. Yeah, that's a big difference. That is huge. Um, so we go straight from terrific game to, eh, that was all right. It's okay. Yeah. That's um, pretty much Zaharakis from a draft perspective, yeah, exactly. which is the only fantasy perspective you really look at him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dyson Heppel, I think, does a little bit better this year. Uh, I think he keeps building, especially mm-hmm. uh, with the uh, the captaincy. Um, wait, he is captain, right? He is, oh, yes. Yeah, there we go. I haven't just spaced on who Essendon's <laughs> captain is. He is, yes. Um, Devin Smith, again, I've still got him locked in my forward line because I think he has a terrific year. Um, he had five freeze against, so mm-hmm. there's a, he scored 75. You can push that up to 90, taking those out. Exactly. Um, Darcy Parrish in draft leagues, I think bump him up a little bit because I still think that he has a very good year. This is his third year in the competition. He's gotten a mm-hmm. bit a bit more uh, bit more bulk on the body, and uh, also he's still got forward status. So yeah, the forward status is key. Very, very valuable. If he was a pure midfielder, I wouldn't even think about drafting him. But as a forward, you know, he could easily be a top 15, 
top 20 forward. Yeah, top 20. Somewhere yeah. around about that. that. Actually, um, there's not a lot of forwards, so yeah. Yeah, go after him. Oh, oh, yeah. Um, Jake Stringer, again, did Jake Stringer things. Roller coaster, <laughs> to, uh, you know. Stringer coaster. A couple, yeah. couple of amazing goals and still ended up with a terrible fantasy score. Yeah. But um, he's getting midfield minutes. Oh, yeah, he is. <laughs> it's... Uh, Marty Gleason's injury. Now that's relevant, not necessarily because Marty Gleason was particularly fantasy relevant. Yes, but I think that Andrew McGrath pushes back. back again. So because I, he can lock down. Yes, and he is a really, really good halfback player. So I think Andrew McGrath moves a bit more back for the first part of the season, while Gleason is getting better. Yeah, and then players like we mentioned, like Parrish, might move into more midfield minutes because of that move. That was my first assumption as yeah. well. Pretty much exactly the same. There we go. Are, are there any other bombers you could think of that might come into the team to take that half-back role? Um, tough to say. McKenna was already in there playing half-back. Adam Saad is their best 22 playing half-back as well. Um, Begley's already in. Yeah, no. I, I honestly can't think of one off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, and Me neither. I couldn't either. Yeah, I, I'm more happy to say that they bring in a, a midfielder. Um, to take a little bit of um, pressure away so, um, of what so Andrew McGrath is going to do. Back. Yeah, exactly. That was my thinking as well. Mm. Uh, well, over on the Cats side of things, uh, Mitch Duncan is going to be great this year. Yeah, There's no question about that. He was terrific last year. I think he probably holds his average around about that. But Yeah, I agree. Even that was an average of about 116 or something ridiculous. Yeah, it was a really good average. Mm. And he's a really good player. Yeah, Particularly so. with um, <laughs> Dangerfield going down for potentially the start of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, Duncan's going to enjoy the extra minutes. Yeah, and realistically, uh, if you've got Dangerfield, Selwood, and Ablett in the same team, no one's paying any attention to Mitch Duncan. No. So he's going to get off the leash. Um, He's just going to be running up and down the wing getting plus sixes all day. Oh, yeah. Um, Joel Selwood, 117. This was a great game for him, but obviously Ablett and Dangerfield were both out. That's my worry. So, yes, in draft leagues, he's always a solid player to own. Uh, but don't look at him uh, from a salary cap point of view to me. It's, I mean, he'd be an interesting point of difference, but I don't think he's getting you anywhere near close to the uh, the top end of the league. Um, no, fair call. Yeah. Um, Blitzards, yeah. Again, you know, Dangerfield went down. They wanted that big body in the centre. Um, Blitzards is very, very hard <laughs> to pin down in terms of what he could do fantasy-wise. He's... he's- that much of a utility that it is actually difficult to figure out what his role is going to mm-hmm. be. And Chris Scott does like throwing the um, players around a bit as well. So yeah. um, We've got a lot of depth players. So like Zach Tui, I don't think he's for salary cap this year, but he's mm-hmm. a terrific draft player to own. Um, yeah. uh, you know, Charlie Constable had a good game today, but not again, best 22. he's not best 22. Uh, Zach Smith is the only... Geelong Ruckman you should look at in draft leagues as well. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Stanley's injured himself today, but also um, Radigolia. Uh, Radigolia, yeah. Radigolia. Radigolia. He's, uh, you know, Rhys Stanley went down and he still only ended up with about five dream team points. So mm-hmm. it was... Yeah, that's not good. It was very interesting. From, uh, you know, he played 54% game time. It's not much, but you'd expect more than five points. You would. Uh, Tim Kelly... Yeah. Uh, 54. The worry for me with Tim Kelly is he scored 54 with Dangerfield and Ablett out of the team, to es- essentially. Yeah, that is a little bit worrying. Only 13 touches, three marks, three tackles. Uh, no, two tackles. And a goal. And what's, a goal. What's, yeah. his, what's his ceiling? Does he? Uh, because I honestly thought he could come in and be that 80 averaging uh, rookie. 
for us, averaging eighty. Can you even can you see him even averaging seventy? Look, I I, I, I want to see him play a few home and away games. Yeah, yeah. and see what his role actually is because they obviously drafted him wanting him to play. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just not sure. Yeah. I mean, the other guy that was he playing Menegola? Yeah. Oh, no, Menegola was, no, was not playing. So that's another one who will come in and take midfield minutes away from him. I'm not starting Tim Kelly at the moment. I don't think you should either. I haven't had him in my salary cap for a couple of weeks now. No. So Tim Kelly is right out for me. Um, we'll talk just a little bit more about Dangerfield. How does this affect him? Obviously, in salary cap, do not start with him. I mean, there's enough trades that, if, especially if he's not in the side round one or... Yep. I mean, even if he is, realistically, I don't think he he comes out uh, scoring danger field scores right from round one if he's still coming back from a small injury. Yeah, probably not. Um, so, you know, um, don't start with danger field in salary cap. It doesn't push him down too far from a draft league perspective. I mean, to be honest, draft league, for me, he probably goes from... You'd think he was probably number two, wasn't he? Yeah, so I, I would, I'd probably go two to number three. Yeah, that's it. The, the only difference is uh, if you thought that Dangerfield was above Merritt, just shuffle Merritt yeah. above him and that's it. Or possibly Dusty's the other one that you might have had in that discussion yeah. as well. Yeah, that's that's, that, that's probably the only shift because once he comes back, he is going to be good, yeah, especially yeah. if you've got captains. Exactly. Um, so we'll move on from there. We've got the Gold Coast-Brisbane game to have a look at. Um, another derby, uh, which was... Just, I, I do not want to pay too much attention to this game because <laughs> it was in horrible conditions and the tackle count was through the roof, which really padded up the scores. Yeah, so, um, but on the other hand, nobody could take a mark or control the ball. It was like a cake of soap. So. Yeah, exactly. So um, the man of mystery scored oh, one of he's the highest back. for the Gold Coast. Yeah. The man of mystery himself, the, Jared Lyons. Jared Lyons. We, we I had, actually know what he looks like now. Do you actually know what he looks like? We had a great running joke last year, which was just <laughs> the fact that we couldn't figure out who Jared Lyons was. We had, you didn't notice him playing, and he'd somehow always end up on around about 100 last it year. It was incredible. Even when you were looking for him. Yeah, you own him in your keeper league. There and were a number of games that I'd look at the score a quarter time and be like, how is he on that? I <laughs> swear he hasn't touched the ball. It's brilliant. So uh, the man of mystery, 106. I think he's going to be very good again this year. He's, he's in a, a depleted side in yeah. terms of their midfield strength. and He's a senior midfielder for him now. Mm-hmm. And the, the, but the thing is, his disposals aren't that telling, mm. so he's not going to get a lot of attention. No. He's an accumulator, but because he plays inside... Mm-hmm. He's just hacking it a lot of the time. Yeah, Aaron Hall and maybe even Lockie Weller get tagged before anyone even looks at Lions. Yep, absolutely. Um, I mean, I'd even tag Dave Swallow ahead of Jared Lyons yeah. um, in terms of if I was an opposition coach. So um, you'd only look at him in drafts. He's not a salary cap guy at all. But in drafts, and <coughs> nobody really knows who he is. Who he is? Mm. He is the man of mystery. Yeah, he will slide. And if you get him, you will be rewarded. We had our, uh, when I was, because uh, I'm the commissioner of our keeper league, I was in putting our teams, I accidentally put Corey Lyons next to your name instead of Jeremy. You don't even know who even, he is when you put him in the team. <laughs> even I didn't know his first name. So, um, so we'll move on. Aaron Hall, Dave Swallow, great games from them. Um, Aaron Hall in particular, I think he's going to be awesome this year. Yes. Probably yeah, I think not one of the top midfielders in terms of salary cap, so it's mm-hmm. probably not worth taking at the start. Oh, no, I don't know. How much is he priced? He's priced at below 700k. Oh, there's a bit of money to be made there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, do you want to, though? No, no, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't I take think, a punt on that. Yeah, there's probably in that same price bracket a 
Actually, I think we might have even had this discussion last week. Yeah, we did. We had this discussion. Safer options, yeah. but I think Hall has the highest ceiling. Yeah, the biggest upside, but also the most risk. Luke Parker for me is the one you take around about that price range. I, I love the look of him this preseason. So, uh, but in terms of drafts, I have no issue taking him just a, maybe oh, a couple of picks higher than you thought, just to keep him off someone else this year. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Braden Fiorini, we think, is going to have a massive year. I really like Fiorini. Breakout year this year, Fiorini. Uh, yeah. In our point uh, of view. Uh, Jeez, uh, anyone else that you spotted there? Lockie Weller had a, a good, good sort of game. He's still yeah. a forward technically, but yeah, yeah he's, he's a draft guy, he's not salary cap. Yeah, Pierce um, Hanley going down with that injury does not help the Gold Coast at all. No, they really needed him to, uh, to stay on the yeah. park. But does it, hopefully, does it, it's not the start of their injury run for this year. Hmm. Hopefully, it helps out Kate Collajasny because Kate Collajasny had a poor game, but he gets most of his points through marks and kicks. So yes, you, you don't score well like that. Same with Stephen May. He's a good, solid draft player, Stephen May. Yep. Normally averages around about 78 to 80, uh, but he gets most of those through plus sixes in the back line. Which yeah, just... and intercept marks. Yeah, exactly. Um, something happened to Jack Martin. I just can't remember what. Um, no, uh, left hamstring iced up in the second half. Um, probably just tightness. I don't think he misses with that. No, they'd just be being um, yeah. being cautious. Being Nick Holman. Nick Holman's the big one. I scored 61. Solid enough, I think, especially with... Uh, Five tackles. That yeah. shows effort and commitment. So you'd think he's probably going to um, play round one. Especially with the Pierce Hanley injury. I, yeah. I think that Nick Holman definitely plays round one. So keep him locked in your salary cap side, everyone. Uh, on to the Lions. I mean, Dane Zorko just did Dane Zorko things. He's he's an yeah. amazingly consistent player. He's a point of difference still, I think, in um, AFL fantasy salary cap. Agreed, yeah. So, Agreed. Yeah, you want to start the year with him and, you know, uh, have someone who is a little bit different to someone everyone else is picking. I don't hate it. No, I don't either. Louis Taylor, that's an aberration. Louis Taylor is really tricky. Yeah. I he's, not, he's not really a fantasy guy for me. He's a draft guy for me, but... Late rounds. Late rounds. There's a lot of upside, but there's a lot of risk there as well. Yeah. Um, Steph Martin, though, is going to be good this year again. I think he's in that second bracket for me, around with um, Mm -hmm. uh, Source Jacobs and Ryder. Yeah, I agree. In terms of the Ruckman that you can pick up. He's looked really good this Mm -hmm. preseason. Tommy Bell... Uh, you know, good game from him. This game suited him perfectly, though. Nine tackles in the wet. Yeah. And realistically, you know, it's he's not going to be doing that every week, though. No. That's that's not what he's going to uh, bring to your draft team. But later pick in the draft rounds, yeah, sure. Yeah. Same with Mitch Robinson. Um, Seven tackles. Yeah. That game suited him as well. Absolutely. Cam Rayner. <laughs> Ten, Ten tackles. Ten tackles. Jeez, that's good. He was really impressive in the forward line. Um, but again, we don't think he's going to be pulling this off every week. No. No. So... Um, geez, Luke Hodge had a really good introductory game in terms of um, just uh, playing leadership. Yeah, leadership. He or well, he did. He did that whole quarterback thing that he, he did. did. The whole I think time. he's going to fast track a lot of their defenders and halfbacks and those wingmen and mids that push back. Good for he's Alex Witherden. He's going to be great for their young guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, ben Keys is an interesting one um, because he's got forward status still. We talked about Reese Matheson. And, uh, yeah, who didn't play this game. No, they left him on the bench for some odd reason. I thought this was a perfect Reese Matheson game, so that's a bit insulting. Yeah, I mean, maybe he didn't need the um, the, the match <coughs> fitness. They know what they're going to get from him. Yeah. Um, um, I don't know. Only other one I want to bring up is uh, Alan Christensen. Uh, poor game, really poor game. Yeah. And I'm... You know, I told I, I spoke earlier in the podcast that he was one of the mid prices in the forward line, the really cheap one. 
I took him out of my team after this game because, really? I, well, I thought that he would at least bring some pressure and some tackling, and he didn't. I think he's that cheap. You almost can't go wrong with him. Yeah? So you've still got him in your side? Well, he's just like 200 and something, isn't he? No, nah, 310 or something like Even that. So, so. still, still cheap as so. You almost can't go wrong with him that cheap. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah. Moving so, on? Yep, moving on. So last game of the uh, the round, last game of the JLT was the Western Derby. Uh, no, I, I don't even want to look at this to be completely but honest. But let's be honest, the Eagles didn't care about this game. Nope. They barely showed up. Nope. So, whereas the Frio were actually trying hard. So it was very one-sided. West Coast played well. It, it was really weird because West Coast played well in the secret derby apparently and we mm. brought no one into that game. And in the actual game, you know, Frio played a very similar side to what they did in the secret derby and you spanked us. Well, maybe that's the thing. Maybe they were hurting from the secret derby. Maybe. Yeah, that's it. Um, and yeah, West Coast probably just thought, right, we've, we've got it done. We've done what we need to. Exactly. We, we just don't want to get anyone injured, which unfortunately uh, Willie Rioli did. So we'll bring that up in a tick. But uh, on the Dockers side of things, uh, don't read too much into these scores, guys. It's a yeah. spanking, but Lockie Neal was terrific and he is going to be a very solid player. The risk with Neal has always been very hot and cold. Yes. There's a big difference between his good and his bad games. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. His um, standard deviation would be quite high, I would suggest. Um, we've got a, a definitely Tabs. don't look into Taverner that much. Taverner was amazing in this game, but he's not doing that every week. And no, he's not. I, I don't even know if he averages 80 for the year, to be honest. Um, which is. I mean, last year he wasn't best 22. No. So. so yeah. Um, he's had a good preseason, but he is a preseason guy. Yeah. He's a confidence guy as well. Yeah. So we'll see how he starts the year. I, yeah. I honestly don't know what to make of his score there. Draft leagues, if you want to take a punt with the very last pick or the last couple of picks, I have yeah, no issue. Yeah, him later. Yeah, Hayden Valentine as well. Don't even, don't even try it. No. Playing um, for his career at the moment. Yeah. Luke Ryan, terrific, and I've got big raps on this guy this year. Yep, I like him. Yeah. Um, so, draft round guy. Don't even mind him in salary cap, if I'm being completely honest. Um, oh, yeah. If you really think he's going to do well, because he does have a really good fantasy game about him. Uh, who else have we got on the list there? Um, Bailey Banfield and Andrew Brayshaw. They're the two big ones. Yes. Have 81 them, 82 score. Have them both in your midfield, because that Andrew mm. Brayshaw is tackle happy. Nine yeah. tackles for this game. He is going to be a very consistent scorer. And like we said earlier, Ross Lyon has said that Bailey Banfield will be debuting. Yep. So lock and load them both. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's enough trades in salary cap where even if Bailey Banfield only plays two games, you can just offload him after he's made 50 or 60. He's 170k, so you'll make money on him. Exactly. Um, Anyone else there from uh, Frio that you want to have a chat about? Um... Connor Blakely's an interesting one because he's... Oh, I can't quite remember if he has defensive status at the start of the year. In, he um, definitely does in ultimate. Yeah. Uh, I don't no, think he no, does. No, he doesn't. Everyone's fantasy. getting him uh, based on DPP being given Assumption, to him. Yeah, yeah in a salary cap league. So, to be honest, he hasn't... It's just like the Lockie Whitfield boat. He hasn't yes. shown enough for me to say that he will go too far upwards in terms of his price at the moment. So you can pick him up if you want when he gets DPP status. You don't need to start him in your midfield now and move him there later. Yeah, there's probably better options. Yeah, there would be. Um, on the Eagles side of things, there was nothing. This was sad. Liam Duggan, 83. Yeah, don't mind that in draft leagues. Um, yeah, I think he's a draft league guy. That's pretty much it. Yeah, and he's a he's a good player because obviously he's a defender. Um, yes. That will I think he can go um, upwards of or around about 75 this year. 
So yeah. if, maybe 70 to 75. Yeah, I mean, I, I picked him up in our keeper top-up as a speculative pick mm-hmm. um, because I'm just not sure what he can do this mm. year. The back status is really appealing, but I'm not sure if he gets enough of the ball consistently yeah. enough to actually be a fantasy scorer. So I'm I'm really on the fence about him. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you who is consistent for draft leagues is Jeremy McGovern. So yes. if you want, if you're needing a defender as your third or fourth defender, someone like that, um, if you're playing with obviously you know five, six defenders in your league, yeah, Jeremy McGovern is a good solid guy who'll get you around about 78 to 80 every week. He's he went at 78 point nine average last year, something like that. Yeah, I to be honest, I'd probably be wanting someone better for my third defender. Sorry, sorry, for my fourth, yeah, fourth or fifth. Sorry, yeah. Um, yeah, I have no issue with Jeremy McGovern around about that. Uh, Elliot Yo had a down game, but everyone did. <laughs> it was um, it was pretty sad to see, actually. Um, you know, even Andrew Gaff was poor. Jack mm-hmm. Redden, Luke Shuey, all scoring pretty badly. Um, yeah, nobody really did an awful lot. No, I wouldn't look too far into the Jack Redden situation. Uh, everyone performed badly in this game, so if you've been high <laughs> on Jack Redden this preseason in terms of his role change, don't lose the faith now based solely on this. Because he was very good in JLT1. He was, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, amusingly, this might be David Venable's best score. Sadly, yeah. <laughs> 43. Don't have... Yeah, I, I was really big on him before the preseason started. He just hasn't really shown... Well, he's not really a fantasy... Not. He's not a fantasy guy at the moment. I mean, yeah. he's... Uh, everyone always says, oh, he's similar to Patrick Dangerfield when he first started. It's like, so he's I, not I, really... I heard he's similar to Shuey. Yeah, that's that's and the sure he was good from the get go with fantasy. Exactly. So, but I, yeah, I I think he's probably going to be a good player. I'm not sure about the fantasy side yet. Yeah, I wouldn't be starting him in your salary cap squad at the moment. Um, uh, Liam Ryan, I would though because I think he's good enough to pump out around about 55 to a 60 on your bench or as your last. I would be playing him. I'd have him on the bench if you've got him yeah. for salary cap. Well, heartbeat there, heartbeat. Um, and you know, Willie Rioli is the one that I would really want, but he just can't seem to stay on the park. At the it's it's really disappointing, but if he can, if he does get up for round one as a 170k forward, you just kind of have to have him in your team. I would yeah. suggest, yeah. And uh, that actually seems to be most of the uh, the players that I want to go through from the West Coast point of view. Same, yeah, right. absolutely. Shall we split it there? Yeah, we're, we're going to split the podcast up now, guys. So join us for part two, uh, and we'll go through a few questions from listeners. Cool. See you soon.